Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. So y'all know with me, everybody gets to be Jim, this regardless of your age, your weight, or your flexibility. So we're going to flip over to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, the last book that's to your right. To your right, y'all. The last book of the Bible, Revelation. The book of Revelation. And we're going to land a perfect 10 on chapter number 3, verse number 7. So Revelation chapter 3, starting at verse number 7. If you can indulge me, but let's honor God. Let's please stand for the reading of God's holy word. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. Revelation chapter 3, starting at verse number 7. And the word of God reads, it says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. You may be seated in the presence of the living God. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word, God. Now, the title of the text that we're going to be working with on today is this right here. It is, this is in reference to Philadelphia. This is in reference to Philadelphia. I am Church of Philadelphia. How about you? Oh, I thank God that I'm a part of the Church of Philadelphia. God has tailored a word fit for the Church of Philadelphia on tonight. Amen. And I'm so glad that God will see fit to look upon us and speak a tailored word for us on tonight. Amen. I don't know about you. You might not necessarily rep Church of Philadelphia like I rep. You might not necessarily believe in the vision like I believe in the vision. So listen, I can say with an assurance. I am Church of Philadelphia. How about you? So I understand this word right here. This is in reference to Philadelphia. So in other words, this is in reference to me. Oh, when I bless his wonderful name, he's talking to me, y'all. What about you? Is he talking to you? Do you identify as the church of Philadelphia? Do you identify as a church founded on the word of God where the demonstration of the power and the love of God is at its best? Do you identify as the church that's known as the brotherly love? Do you identify as the church of Philadelphia? If you do, then this word is for you. Amen. So we find ourselves here in the book of Revelation, right, uh, where John the Revelator is writing, where he's taken up into the realm of the spirit and he's taken up into a vision. and He begins to see things in the heavenly realms. Right. And he sees the revelation of Christ and he's told the things that you see. I want you to write it in a book. He sees the revelation of Jesus Christ unto the seven churches. And then he's told, you know, as he's having this vision, as he's taken up in the realm of the spirit, he's told to begin to write these letters and distribute for the churches right what God is going to say to the churches right church number one the church at Ephesus the church number two uh, the church in Smyrna then church three the church in Pergamos church number four the church at Thyatira and then Sardis and then Philadelphia and then last church is Laodicea where he's speaking to the church and we understand the church is not necessarily the physical location or the physical building but we are the church the body of Christ is the church. Your body, my body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the mobile temples of the Holy Spirit, right? We are the church. And this message is unto the church of Philadelphia. This is in reference to Philadelphia. So now, 
We understand uh, this new year, like we said, we're getting ready to go into 2024. Right. And on the Hebraic calendar, it is the year 5784. Right. And oftentimes, you know, in these last couple of years, we tried to break down and, 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 and distinguish and, and see what God is saying to us pertaining to the year. Right. This this right here, we know the word uh, 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 the letter pay has a numerical value of 80. So I'm talking about 84 pay in the Hebrew. Uh, this 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 letter has a numerical value of 880 and then four has a numerical value uh, or I should say dalit has a numerical value of four right so now pay means mouth in the Hebrew dalit means door so when we're talking about this upcoming year the, some of the things that God is saying about this year is this is going to be a year to open wide our mouths to have our mouths wide open like a door right like a door to be able to speak and release the word of God right to have our mouths wide open like a door to be able to speak the word of God are some of the things that we're talking about in relation to this upcoming year, right? So now, understand it's talking about the mouth, but one of the key elements that this year is going to be talking about is that of a door, which we'll see in the scripture. And I thought it was very interesting because as I began to seek out what God would be saying for this upcoming year, I went all over the place searching for doors and things of that nature right there. It never dawned on me to go to Revelation chapter 3, right? Verses 7 and 8. But God in all his infinite wisdom led and directed us to come here. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, this is actually the scripture uh, where the name of the particular ministry that we are a part of is housed in. Now, when you think about name in the Hebrew perspective or the Hebrew understanding, a name speaks to uh, the purpose of the individual, right? And, and this individual that we're talking about collectively is the Church of Philadelphia. This, this called out ecclesia, this called out group of people that make up the body known as the Church of Philadelphia, right? It's, it's housed in our purpose, our our, the name houses our purpose inside of it. We are supposed to be a people that is demonstrating the brotherly love, this, this love of God, and we're supposed to do it at our best, right? This is, it's, this is who we are. So he, he, he writes in verse number seven, he says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These things said, he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shut up and shut up and no man openeth. Now he's told to begin to write these things concerning or these things that are in reference or regarding the church of Philadelphia, right? Even when we begin to talk about what the word right means in the Greek, it means definition number one talks about to write, right? With reference to the contents of the writing. So now when you think about this right here, Philadelphia is the actual contents in what John is actually writing about. As he's receiving and this downloaded message from Jesus Christ pertaining to the church of Philadelphia, Philadelphia is the context of what Christ is speaking about, which John should actually begin to write about, right? And so even when you begin to look at definition number two, it talks about to, to commit to writing, right? 
and he's committing to write what Jesus has spoken for the sake of these things are not to be forgotten. So we're writing it down so that it is not forgotten. How many of y'all have been taking notes over this entire year? Remember, we sent you out a church of, Dela a church of Philadelphia notebook encouraging you to take notes, right? Because that was going to enhance, help cement some of those things that you've been hearing to get it down in your spirit, help reinforce those things right there. Why? Because it's telling you when you begin to write things, when you commit to write anything it helps you not to forget those things right you have access to go back and reread some of those things so that you can keep it before your eyes so it's good to write these things down right so even as we go back to the scripture he says and to the angel of the church in philadelphia write these things Right now, before he actually gets into the contents of the things that he wants to write about the Church of Philadelphia, which we know he'll be writing, you know, uh, context about the Church of Philadelphia. Jesus begins to speak about his own nature. Right. And, and, and John is capturing the things that is spoken about the nature of Jesus Christ. He said, you know, and to the angel of the Church of Philadelphia, right. These things said he that is holy. Right. Holy in the Greek is talking about he that is perfect he that is pure from carnality he that is pure from every fault oh, uh, I like it when Fred Hammond said he's faultless I find no fault in him you understand what I'm saying like it might be your fault but you sure enough can't blame God right I, I know you want to blame God because you feel like he didn't answer you on this right here you feel like he didn't move over there well what about you when are you going to stand up man to God woman of God and take responsibility and be accountable because according to the definition of holy listen He's pure from every fault. He and he alone is perfect. He and he alone is pure from carnality. It is only him. As John is penning what Jesus is describing about his actual nature. He that is holy. And then he says he that is true. Now when you talk about this true in the Greek it says that which has not. That which has not only the name and resemblance but the real nature corresponded to the name in every respect corresponded to the ideas signified by the name the name right and we're saying this name or this nature that christ is speaking about is his nature of being true so everything pertaining to th something that is true in reference to christ is his real nature and it's, 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 it's in respect to corresponding to the idea that is signified by the name true. Because he tells us in the book of John, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He then tells us, he says, you know, uh, he that is true and he that hath the key of David. He that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. Now, when you think about these keys of David, and we oftentimes heard people say, you know, well, you got the keys of David. No, the scripture tells us that Jesus has the keys of David. Now, understand what the keys actually signify, right? Keys signify power and authority. They signify power and authority. Number two, keys are used to start something. Three keys come before, even when you look at it, it comes before all others of importance, right? Now, when you think about that, it's, it's signifying there is a person, right, who may be of importance, 
right? When you think about Jesus and the disciples, he would be the one that's mentioned before the disciples. So he comes before all the others in importance. His, his ranking, his authority, and the recognition that's spoken or given to him, this is why it's showing he's more important than that of the disciples. The disciples only have the fame and recognition that they have. It is because of Christ. You take Christ out the equation, remove Christ from the pictures, and we know nothing about the disciples. Keys also gives you the mean or the right of entering or participating in. Being able to enter in a place, it gives you access or allows you to be able to participate. So again, keys we understand signify power and authority. And he's saying, I have the key of David. Now, one of the interesting things when you talk about the key, right, when you also talk about the key, it is in reference to identity. Identity. Again, definition number three will kind of highlight this, right? He comes before all others of importance. This person that is of most important or that is more important than all the other ones mentioned is speaking to identity. So now what, what he's saying in, in the scriptures, he uh, that have the key of David, he that has the identity, not just as the son of God, but he's also the son of man. But the scripture, he's also called the son of David. Speaking to identity. And even when he's called the son of David, right, it, it, we understand the importance of who he is. He supersedes David. Even when you look at who David was in the natural, David was Israel's second king. He was Israel's most popular and most famous king. But Christ stands and he's recognized as the king of kings. <laughs> Talking about identity. That's why he has the key of David. That's why his identity supersedes David's identity. So if you're going to move with power and authority, it is going to be according to your identity that is found in Christ. And again, when we talk about the encounter, when you encounter God, when you come into the knowledge of who God is, God brings you into the knowledge of who you are, thereby giving you an understanding of who you are, meaning your identity in him. Your identity is found only in God. If you have tried to identify yourself outside of God, I'm here to tell you it's perverted. It's perverted. It's perverted. Your true identity is found only in him. And once you come into the knowledge of who you are, God then brings you into the knowledge of what his purpose is that he's placed on the inside of you. So again, to move in the power and authority, it is going to be in direct connection or relation to your identity that is in God. Understand that your identity can be used to start something. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Right, 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 right. Think about for those of us that are married. Right. The identity of who I am, my last name. Right. My last name has now been transferred over to my wife. It is now starting a new lineage. Right. For me and my wife, even with my children. Signifying that we are in covenant relationship. My identity I know y'all women don't like that, but you got to understand in the marriage covenant, guess what? As a man, I help give you part of your identity. Hint, the fact that you took my last name, I am identifying who you are. Now, that doesn't mean you didn't have identity before you got with me. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? 
So then he, he then tells us, he says, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth, right? Now, there are four things, even when you talk about the Church of Philadelphia, before we get into the context of Church of Philadelphia or the context of Church of Philadelphia, because this is in reference to Philadelphia. Four things you got to keep in mind that are going to be found in verse number eight, right? Uh, Jesus is taking note of the works of Church of Philadelphia. Jesus is taking note of the little strength that they possess. We possess. Jesus is also taking note of the fact that we kept his word. We never shied away from the word. We never let go of the word of God. We never got tired of the word of God. We kept on loving the word of God. We kept on eating the word, kept on receiving the word, kept on praying for the word, kept on standing on the word, kept on believing the word, kept trusting in the word of God, kept on saying, God, give me more word, God so that my faith can grow according to your word God oh it's something about the word of God and not only that he took note of the fact that we did not deny his name uh, it's, it's, it, it means something to God the fact that you did not deny his name cause to deny his name is to deny his identity which is deny his purpose that he's placed on the inside of you oh but church of Philadelphia he's taking note of the fact that you have not denied his name oh tell somebody I bless his wonderful name right there he's taking note of me he's reminding me that you are the apple of his eye no matter where he looks he still sees the fact that I see your works uh, I see you had a little shrimp but even though you had a little shrimp you kept my word and neither did you deny my name hmm. he says he that has the key of David right he says he openeth and no man shutteth and he shutteth and no man openeth simple when God gives you access Meaning when he opens, gives you opportunity, no man can stop it. No man can shut it. But when he closes a thing and said enough is enough, listen, it's come to a head. It's reached its end. It's at the appointed time for it to come to an end. No man can open that thing back up. Right? That's what he's letting us understand. Now, it, this is, is, is about to get interesting, right? So he says down in verse 8, he said, I know that works. I perceive, I've taken notice of your works. The things that you have done, and they tell you it's not about works. Now, we, 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 we understand it's, it's about grace and all of these different things, but Man of God, woman of God, you, you, you cannot be deceived and act like you don't supposed to work when you come into the kingdom. <laughs> That's a deception to think. Matter of fact, when he's telling you to bid them to come, when he's telling you to go into the highways and hedges, right? When he's telling you to go in all of uh, Judea and all of Samaria to the priest, the gospel, to those that, that is work. When you're supposed to be a witness before those that are lost, living, saved before, that is work. So this misconception where people got you believing you don't supposed to do any work. That's a deception. That's a deception. You understand? There is work that we must do as believers. That's why he say, listen. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers, the workers are few. So if you think we're not supposed to do work. 
somebody has lied to you or they have misinterpreted or they have a bad understanding of the scriptures no there is a work that must be done ministry matter of fact when you go into the root word in the greek we're talking about ministry it means serve serving is working he says i know thy works i perceived i'm paying attention to your works and then he says behold you take notice now you pay attention and it's nothing like a believer a man of god woman of god who's supposed to be discerning that's one of the gifts of the spirit the gift of discernment it's nothing like a a, a believer you know that's that that does not utilize the gift of discernment to be able to pay attention to notice things that's happening or going on around them he says i know that works now behold pay attention take look notice i have set before thee an open door i have jesus yeshua the son of god the son of man the prince of peace the lily of the valley the good shepherd has set before you an open door now this set in the greek is talking about of one's own accord to give one something right and it says to give one something to his advantage so simply put jesus said i need you to behold take pay attention take notice that i have opened the door meaning i'm now giving you an event lord have mercy have you ever been there where you as a believer said listen now i know i serve the king of glory i serve the king of kings who is omnipotent omniscient and i'm not present he knows all things but you felt like because life keeps life in and you felt like life keeps throwing you curveballs and you feel like because of the bloodline that you are attached to the people you come from and the geography location that you came from listen you feel like you got the short end of the stick as a believer oh but he's telling you i have set before thee an open door where i'm about to give you an advantage now where you felt like you keep coming up shorter you keep falling down before you get to the goal you keep missing the mark listen i'm about to give you an advantage when i set this door before you i'm telling you nobody can close it and if i set this door and i close it nobody can open you got to understand whether i close it or whether i open it understand i'm doing this because i'm giving you an advantage i don't know about you but i'll take it i'll take it i'll take it i'll take it give me an edge lord you understand what i'm saying and see uh, for those of us sports fanatics like listen when you play sports if you can get an edge up on somebody listen you're gonna do whatever you can to get that edge up because you want that w right you're not trying to catch that l so god if you're gonna do this to give me an advantage so that i can come out with a w a win-win oh i will take it I will take it in other words you've been praying for god come on god breakthrough come on god move god do something off blow my mind god this is him getting ready to blow your mind by him setting the door before you and him setting this door before you is going to give you an advantage 
Okay, I understand. Some of you may be saying, well, God, I want to get back to that place of prayer. Well, I'm setting the door to give you an advantage to get back in that place of intercession. Whoo! Uh, I see. I know you might not think that's the door that you need, uh, it, but it's the one that you need. It might not be what you want, but it's showing up the door that you need to get back in a place of intercession where you're talking to God and giving God an opportunity to talk back to you, where you're allowing God to minister to you what's on his heart, where you're able to pick up the pulse of God, the heartbeat of God, what God wants you to talk up to him about that's troubling this earth realm. That's the door that God may get ready to give you an advantage in. For some of you, you might have lost your praise. Huh. Dealing with depression and heaviness. He said, but for the spirit of heaviness, I'm giving you the garment of praise. So he might be setting a door for you to get an advantage with your praise. Because see, it, 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 nothing spectacular had to happen you didn't have to have a miracle you just thought about the goodness of God and you found yourself having a D-E-A-P a drop everything and praise moment just because uh, and see he might be setting that door before you giving you advantage because you understand how powerful your praise is you forgot how powerful your praise is you forgot that you can use your praise as a weapon against the enemy because you don't praise him like you used to it doesn't matter because you ain't got no drum beak and no organ listen listen he honors your praise he receives your praise he adores your praise matter of fact when you praise you're causing his name to be lifted on high come on magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together i wish the believer would get a praise in their mouth you don't understand but he understands the door because he's paid attention to your works he understands you need an advantage <laughs> uh, because even in this scripture he understands you need an advantage because you got little strength Oh, come on, Lord. See, he's I, I'm I'm so glad I got a God that pays attention to me. He he knows exactly where I am at all times. And I'm not just talking about my my geographical location, but I'm talking about he knows where I am emotionally. Oh, he knows where I am when it comes to my strength. God, I ain't got that much strength. Left. God, I'm barely hanging on. Shout out to hang on ministry. I am barely hanging on, God. The truth be told, God, the way I see it, I can't take another thing, God. If something else happened, God, I feel like I'm about to let go God I'm about to lose it God I might not be saved no boy but he understand he sees it. he know I'm about to give you an advantage oh I bless the name of the most high God so he said I have set before thee an open door and then this door is talking about an entrance or an opening right an entrance or an open I have set before you an open door and he says, it's an open door. He's describing the type of door. I have set before you an open door. An entrance or an opening describes the door. Definition talks about an open door, right? Which is also pointing to what? It's an opportunity of getting ready to do. God has given you an opportunity to do something. Hmm. That's what this open door symbolizes. I'm giving you an opportunity to do something. You keep saying you want promotion? Well, I'm going to set an open door before you to do do something yeah uh, you, you 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 hear what I'm trying to say uh, uh, it, it, listen he's setting an open door before you what will you do with this open door you keep saying well if somebody would just give me an opportunity oh see I ain't worried about an opportunity coming from man because man can cancel me at any moment but if he opens the door there's not a man nor a woman that can close the door that God opens God has given me the opportunity and there's not a man nor a woman that can take this opportunity that God has presented before me
Matter of fact, nobody would be more qualified. Mm, nobody would be more qualified for this opportunity. This opportunity is fit just for me. It's just right for me. I will not be overqualified. Neither will I be underqualified. This opportunity is just right for me. I'm so glad that he pays attention to the specifics and the details of who I am. I've said before the an open door. I'm giving you an opportunity to do something. Giving you an opportunity to do something. And isn't that, this, isn't that what we feel we've been lacking the opportunity to do something? You keep trying to open doors yourself. You keep trying to make a way yourself, right? You keep trying to get yourself in the, in, you know what I'm saying, behind the door. Just get your foot in the door. All these different things. You keep trying to make it happen all on your own. And don't understand, now understand why you might have a little strength because you've been trying to do it without God. Do you know somebody, can you relate, where you've been trying to do some stuff without God? Yeah, you pray about some stuff, you understand what I'm saying? But you really haven't trusted God to move on the thing that you actually prayed about. You feel like God is taking too long, so, so you start trying to open the doors yourself. You start trying to get things to move yourself. Well, he's saying, I've been paying attention. And for some of you, that's your work. You trying to work behind the scenes without God. He's been paying attention to that. Oh, but thanks be unto God for the grace of God. He's saying, I'm still setting before you an open door. I'm about to give you an advantage. Because, see, you've been working yourself tied to the bone. Sleeping, but still waking up tired as I don't know what. You, you know what I'm saying? Going to bed at 9 o'clock and still getting up like you only had four hours of sleep because you've been working yourself to the bone. Todd is all get out. Doing it without God. But thank you for the grace. He has set an open door. He has given you the advantage, the opportunity to do something. <laughs> and see, that's the thing. Some of you almost gave up because you're just like, is it ever going to be my time? Is it ever going to happen for me? Will anybody ever take notice of me? And, and you would say, if somebody would just take a chance on me. And, and, and you keep encouraging yourself like david every day like i know what i'm capable of oh you I, I know how to do the job where i know the job like the back of my hand i know this thing like the back of my hand you you understand i know this thing in and out forwards and backwards up and down i that's how good i know this thing i can do my boss's job if somebody would just give me an opportunity if somebody would just take a chance on me you, you, you understand what I'm saying? And because nobody was willing to take a chance on you, this discouragement, this disappointment has got you to the place where you want to throw your hands up, not throw your hands up to praise God, but throw your hands up to say, I quit. But notice, 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 notice. This is in reference to Philadelphia. Oh, yes. I set a door before you. I'm giving you an advantage. You got to understand. And I'm giving you an opportunity to do something. What would you do if I give you the building? 
Lord have mercy. If I open the door to give you the building, what will you do? Huh? Will you hit the ground running and telling all them that come, there is a word from God. We're not compromising the word. We're going to declare it with the boldness and with authority and with power. We will not compromise it because of fear. We will not compromise it because of the culture of society. But we will lift up the name of Jesus Christ and we will lift it up that all men will be drawn unto him. If I give you the opportunity, what will you do with it? If I give you the advantage, see, you, you don't have the money, but if I give you the advantage by letting you walk into some favor, if I open the door, if it's an open door to the favor of God, listen, they tell me favor outlasts finances, favor outlasts money. If I give you the advantage by having my favor upon your name, upon your life, what would you do with the opportunity? Lord have mercy. I wish I had somebody who was thinking about God. Try me. Hmm. I love it. My wife be looking at these different people who got all this money and stuff. She be saying, God, try me with a couple of millions. I said, well, I'm going to say that too, God. Because I be looking at some of these millionaires be doing stupid stuff with money. You, you understand what I'm saying? Just, just stupid stuff. I said, well, I'm going to be like my wife. God, try me. I had a specific number. I said, try me with 5.3 million <laughs> and watch what I would do. I ain't got to have a hunting. Try me with 5.3 million and watch what I would do with it, Jesus. Oh, you, you better ask somebody. Try me with 5.3. Oh, yeah. Because if he come and say, what is it that you need? I need 5.3 million. If he were to come to you asking you what your need will, are you prepared to explain to God, to speak to God exactly what your need is? Do you even know what you need? Some of you cannot do what he's purposed to you to do well because you have no knowledge about what he's purposed you to do. You don't take time to understand the purpose, to gain knowledge, to get insight about the purpose that he's placed on the inside of you. And one thing we know about God, God is an excellent steward. Maybe God has not given it to you because he understands you're going to squander it. You're going to waste it. Ooh, you're not disciplined with it yet. So why would he give it to you if you're undisciplined? But there's coming a point. <laughs> he said, I'm setting an open door, though. I'm going to give you an advantage. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something. Now, with that being said, what are you going to do with the opportunity? What are you going to do? Sometimes you just got to just sit in that right there and wrestle with the thought. If God has really given me an opportunity, if God has really given me an advantage, what will I do with this? In other words, God is setting you up for success. <laughs> and see, I know some of you, you fear success yeah you you have those fears like if god really gave me the money will i mess it up can i even handle the money that god will put in my hands uh, will i stay safe if god gave me the money will, will, will i divorce god walk away from god if i got the money because see some of the things that you have not done you have not done because you didn't have the money mm, will i have the money or will the money have me uh, you, you understand these are things that you got to sit in and you got to wrestle with that truth oh try me with the money 
Give me 5.3 million and I'll show you what I do, God. I will erect an altar, God. I will build an altar and lay on that thing and I will become like Abram. Yes, I will. When he was getting ready to sacrifice Esau. Yeah, I will become like I, Abraham and I will name this place Jehovah Jireh because he has provided. Yes, I will. I will call that altar Jehovah Jireh because you have provided. God, provision has been seen and provision has been met. Try me with the five point three that's all i'm saying what will you do if god gives you an advantage and gives you an opportunity to do something is it i have set before thee an open door so now you you can get rid of that complaint you ain't got to cry about the uh, I, I can't get in i don't have access he's opened the door now now the only thing for you to do is actually walk through the open door. Will you allow fear to keep you on the other side of the door? Because see on the other side of the door, this open door is the advantage. It is also the opportunity that is awaiting you, the opportunity to do something. Will you remain on the other side of the door because fear holds your feet in place? I'm afraid to succeed. I'm afraid of change. Yes, it's been what I'm saying. I've been saying I want this, but 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 when the rubber meets the road, oh, can I handle the pressure? What I'm saying, I, I won't. <laughs> what I've been and encouraging myself saying, I know I can do it. But now when the opportunity is handed to me, will you fall under the pressure? Because the truth be told, we've talked about how some other people have to lead before us oh yeah you 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 talked about how you could do it better and even if you didn't vocal or verbalize it you thought it i can do a better job than that they should have did it this way they should have did it like this now that you have an opportunity what are you going to do you see i have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it he's describing the door it's an open door no man can shut it do you realize no man includes you because <laughs> see there are some things that god likes it for you but you don't necessarily like it yeah 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 and we'll try to close that door we'll try to close that door when he says listen it's time to put a demand on that anointing it's time for you to go and bathe that gift that that praise and worship gift it's time to go bathe it in prayer it's time to go bathe that dance that anointed dance in prayer it's time to bathe that instrument that 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 musical gifting it's time to bathe it in prayer labor before the lord to hear what God say, it's time to go lay before God, spend some time in worship. See, we will close that door because it interferes with our plans. The time that I have allotted for this and for this and for he or for she or for them. But he said, no, the door that I open, not even you can close this door. Try as hard as you like. 
You can go get your cousin. You can go get your strong 450-pound bench-pressing cousin, and y'all still can't close the door. You could tie some ropes to six horses, and y'all still not going to close the door. Because the Lord has opened this door. Then he said, listen, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou has little strength, thou has little strength, thou has, in the Greek talks about, to hold oneself or find oneself to be in such or such a condition. Do you know somebody, can you relate, where you, 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 you can relate to this right here, where you found yourself in the condition of having little strength? <laughs> All I got is a little strength. See, this, this is proof that you got a little strength. When you're saying things like this, God, I can't take another thing. Not, not another thing, God. I, God, God, God. When you're saying, God, please, God, please, 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 please. I don't even know what to pray no more, God. You understand what I'm saying? When, when you get to that point where you just, just your prayers are just, God, help me. <laughs> you find yourself saying, God, help me all throughout the day. Now, it used to be you'd be like throughout the day, oh, I love you. You're such a good God. Oh, I bless your wonderful name. God, I want to be in your presence. But now your days are just filled with God. Help me. The children are getting on your nerves. God, help me. Everybody on the job is getting on your nerves. God, help me. You getting up late, waking up late. You so sick of you not frustrated with you. God, help me. Oh, my God. The dog getting on your nerve. God, help me. Your spouse getting on your nerve. Your girlfriend and your boyfriend getting on your nerve. You understand what I'm saying? There are things that you got to do, but they keep pulling on you for your time. Like, you acting like, you acting like, I ain't tell you. I got things I got to do. I got stuff I got to do. And you can't help me with this. Lord, help me, please. Because I don't want to say something to them that they're going to misinterpret. And they're going to act like I'm just trying to just say the wrong thing. No, God, help me. If this is pretty much your day, man of God, woman of God, I'm here to tell you, you got a little strength. You have just found yourself in the condition of having a little bit of strength. Mm. Were you complaining? Used to be you would be praising God. Used to be you were worshiping God. But all that's coming out your mouth not is a bunch of complaints oh, they get on my nerves i can't stand them i wish you would go do i wish i wish you would just leave me alone oh, you got a little strength thou has you man of god you woman of god you got a little strength you were in that condition known as little strength little strength little strength little strength now this is the thing though he said thou has little strength this this is one of the things one of the four things that he's taking note of remember he's taking note of your works but he's also taking note of the fact that you have little strength now strength in the greek talks about power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature when you think about the nature of who you are as being created in the image and likeness of God, son of God, daughter of God, understand power resides in the virtue of your nature as being a citizen of the kingdom. But in reality, some of us are making the kingdom look like it's weak <laughs> because we are in this condition of having a little strength. But this is where you got to fight with everything in you. you 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 got to fight with every ounce of power
power that you have left, every ounce of virtue that you have left, you have got to utilize it to fight. You've got to utilize it to stand. You've got to utilize it to pray. Utilize it to fast. Utilize it to praise. Utilize it to worship. Utilize it to stand on the word of God, to trust God, to believe God. Strength also is defined as the power and influence which belongs to the riches and wealth. You had little strength. Now, when you talk about the church of Philadelphia, let's make this thing applicable to who we are. All of us feel we can use a little bit more money. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If you like me, I got, I got, I'm surrounded by women in my house. And they constantly need things. We constantly need things. Like, oh, my God, one thing that we constantly need in my house is TP, toilet paper. I'm like, oh, my God, we, we, just, uh, we just, oh, my God, toilet paper. It's constantly needed. So when you had little strength, when the power influence which belongs to riches, right? See, some of us, we've been lacking that power and that influence because we have been absent of the riches or the wealth aspect. Oh, but tell somebody, he's opening a door. He has set an open door. He has given me the advantage, but he's also given me an opportunity in my little strength. Could it be? Maybe God wants to give you an advantage and an opportunity to handle some riches and wealth. To handle, to have a little bit of power and influence. To use for the sake of the kingdom, for the advancement and the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. Again, I say, uh, with the 5.3 million, God tried me. Yeah, here, here, here am I, Lord, you know, here am I, here am I, you know what I'm saying? Isaiah was like, here am I, send me, I'll go. I'm saying, here am I. My hands are open, try me. My bank account is ready. <laughs> hey, thank you, Jesus, right? Strength also is defined as power and resources arising from numbers. Now, Church of Philadelphia, could it be? Could it be? Could it be? We haven't always had the power or the resource because we haven't always had the numbers. Yeah, numbers denoting more individuals, more people who are committed, dedicated, and loyal to the vision of God, to the, to the purpose of God, to the kingdom of God. But tell somebody, he set an open door to give us the advantage and he's given us an opportunity to get power resources arising from numbers what will you do if God send in more people to help you are you prepared for the people are you prepared for the numbers to actually come in do you have an assimilation process for when the people actually come in when they come in can you lead them direct them to where they need to go to get them to be involved in what they need to be involved in can you get them involved in helping you with the purpose the vision that God has given you maybe God has withheld the flow because you're not prepared 
Come on, Church of Philadelphia. You have got to be prepared. He's saying, listen, I'm a setting before you an open door. I'm giving you the advantage now. Because, see, we can look around and it seems like, okay, everybody else seems to be just, okay, it's happening for them. Like, and you saying, God, what in the world is going on? What about us? What about us, God? What about us, God? We are doing your will, God, to the best of our ability. Yeah, you may be doing his will to the best of your ability, but you're unprepared. The simple things you have not done. The simple things. If you were to have to teach somebody or explain to somebody about the five-point vision, most of you don't even understand the coinciding scriptures that go along with the five-point vision. Unprepared. And as hard as we praying, God sin, God move, and God take down and tear down the opposition that's coming again. Are you prepared? For God to even do what you're praying about. What happens when a bunch of unbelievers come in and they want to get baptized? What are you going to do? Are you willing to fill your bathtub up and say, come on, in the name of Jesus, lay back in this tub and come on up a new man, a new woman. No, some of you don't even want nobody to come to your house. Little strength. Little strength. He says, listen, for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word. The third thing that he's taking note, you have kept his word. Kept in the Greek is talking about you have attended to carefully the word of God. Now, when it comes to the word of God, we go line upon line, precept upon precept. We try to the best of our abilities to come up here and preach this thing, to keep it in the context of what the scripture is saying, not to give you our opinion, but to give you what God is saying. Now, notice, when it comes to the word, we attend and we take care of the word and we do this carefully. It also says to take care of. Then it says to guard. We make sure we guard the word of God. We'll dissect stuff and be like, mm -mm, that, mm -mm, that's not what it says. For instance, when I first started, I was saying we've heard people preach, talk about you and I have the keys of David. No, the scripture says Jesus has the key of David. So that's guarding, that's attending to the word carefully, right? We also observe the word of God. We are careful to observe what the word is saying, to actually carry it out, to fulfill the word. In Jesus' wonderful name. It's getting close to that time, y'all. Well, you're getting ready to creep over into a new year. Listen, tell somebody it's about to be. Midnight. When midnight comes, you ought to give God a radical praise because God has kept you a whole nother year. He's given you an opportunity to live to see a whole nother year in Jesus' wonderful name. So I'm telling you, start encouraging people. If you near people, start encouraging them. Come on, get a praise in your mouth. Get a praise in your mouth because our God, he is here. Come on. Our God is worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor and worthy of the praise because he has kept you. God is good all the time and all the time. 
God is good. And God, we bless your name for keeping us another year, God, for allowing us to enter into a brand new year, God. We thank you for this opportunity to give you the first fruits of our year, God. We start this year off in your presence, God, hearing your word, God. Now, God, how we started, God, let this thing remain. Let it be consistent throughout the year, God, that we're seeking you, God, have an ear to hear you, God, ready, God, to receive and respond to that that you're speaking, God. And I pray, God, let us grow deeper in revelation and relationship with you God in this year don't let it be a, another year father God where we're falling by the wayside but a year God that we go stronger in our faith God a year God that we get back in intercession God a year God where we keep a high praise in our mouth God a year God where we're worshiping in spirit and in truth this the type of year that we want God and a year God to move in the opportunity that you're providing for us God as you give us an advantage of opening this door and giving us this opportunity to do something, let it be this year, God, that we walk out your word, God. In Jesus' name, come on, somebody bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Hallelujah. He says, uh, when you've had a little shrimp, you, you have kept my word. We have, we've, we've been careful about observing God's word making sure if this is what it says then this is what we're going to do I don't, I'm not my life or our lives have been governed by the word of God if it's not the word we can't do it if it's not the word we can't get down with it that's us observing the word and the scripture is letting us know that God has taken note of you observing his word and he said listen thou hast kept my word now when you think about word which is defined as logos in the greek and logos is defined as when you break it down it's an idea <laughs> you know god tells us in the book of jeremiah for i know the thoughts that i think towards you okay i got an idea i must set an open door before you i'm going to give you an advantage I'm going to give you an opportunity. Reason? Because I can. I'm God. <laughs> Reason? Because, listen, listen, listen. Remember, we just told you about two weeks ago, I'm confident in you through Jesus Christ. God is confident in us through his son, Jesus Christ, that this opportunity, you're going to make and take full advantage of it, and you'll be successful. And then when you think about it, the concept, God has this concept. I can give them an open door. I can give them an advantage. I can give them an opportunity to set them up for success. Riches, wealth, power, influence, number, power, wealth arising from numbers. Hmm. Makes sense to me. word in respect to speech he's spoken it this is what i want to do you and i are nothing more than a word spoken from the mouth of god christ is the word we are a word spoken from the same mouth of god so in respect to speech he's spoken what he wants to take place pertaining to your life the purpose that he's placed on the inside of you he's spoken it Logos is also defined as the thought of thoughts. 
And when you think about the thought of thoughts, it's talking about the word as well as the thought that God has thought. Whenever God speaks, he's speaking what he thought. So what God speaks and what God thinks has to come to pass. <laughs> oh, and so what God has thought about you and what God has thought about me and what God has thought about Philadelphia, because this is in reference to Philadelphia, it has to come to pass because this is the thought of thoughts. And when you understand that the thought of the word is God in the beginning was the word and the word was God. Nothing could be made without the word. <laughs> now, look at how the scene is set or the scenario is set. I have said I have made it be so that I've set an open door before you. I, I have created an advantage for you and in me creating an advantage for you. I'm giving you an opportunity to do something. Hmm. I thought it. I spoke it. It shall come to pass. Now, the thing is, he's taking note. You have got to keep his word. What he spoke, you have got to keep on holding on to it, trusting in it, believing that God is going to honor that thing. Then he says this right here. Thou hast kept my word. And the last thing that he talks about out of these four things. And you have not denied my name. Now this denying is talking about to disavow. Disavow simply talks about to declare not to be true. You have not declared God's name to not be true. Everything pertaining to the name of God, which speaks to the identity of God, you say is true. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's taking note of it that even though, you know, culture's shaky all around you, Christians are falling away left and right, uh, you know, older Christian, younger Christian, but yet you're still hanging on. You know what? But you have not denied my name. You says everything pertaining to my name, which points to my identity, it is true true even when life is, is is making you feel bad and making you look and perceive things to be something else but yet you say one thing i know to be true god is you have not denied his name so it says you know you have not denied his name not to be true you have not refused to acknowledge or accept that God is who he said he is. Or you have not refused to accept that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. You have embraced this. So now this is all in reference to the name of God. And when we talk about the name of God, right? Name is simply talking about the name is used for everything which the name covers oh lord i mercy i like this name the name is used for everything in which the name covers for example you have not denied god's name everything that god name covers you have not denied it for example god name covers his rank you have not denied his rank 
Now, some of you that act a little funny because he's supposed to be first, but you know what I mean? You keep shifting his position to second, you know what I mean? But still, you understand he has a place. He has a position. He has a rank in your life. Just get him back in his proper place, number one. His name covers his rank. His name also covers his authority. You understand, can't nobody do this but God. If God doesn't do it, it can't and it won't be done. Mm. I wish somebody would go ahead and help me preach it. His name covers his authority, but his name also covers his interest. And you got to understand this is in reference to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I am Philadelphia. That means God is interested in me. God is interested in you. God is interested in us. You got to understand oh, because his name covers his interest. He's interested in his purpose. He's interested in his commands. Mm -hmm. He's also interested in his pleasures. His pleasure. It's for thine pleasure. You understand? Not, not what pleases you, but what pleases him. Mm. Uh, you understand? It pleased them that, it, that they, they bruised his son. Oh, you, you understand? So even when you're going through those hardships, guess what? It pleases him. He's interested. His name covers what he's pleased by. It covers his pleasure. His name also covers his reputation. Oh, Lord have mercy. His reputation, it can't be tainted. He's not like you or I. His name covers his fame. His name covers his glory. His name covers his honor. And his name covers his character. What a bad guy. This is what you have not denied. To not deny his name means you have not denied what his name covers. But you have actually put some respect on his name. He, Lord have mercy. <laughs> you, you have actually put respect on his name by acknowledging what his name covers. You have put honor on his name by acknowledging what it covers. So listen, this is in reference to you, Philadelphia. This is a year to open your mouth wide like a door and speak the word of God, to speak the word of God, to speak the word of God. So, this is something that God was speaking to me about again, 2024-5784. Speak what God says and allow his word to be the door to either open things or close things. Again, speaking to that open door or that closed door. Again, speak what God says, meaning speak the word of God and allow his word to be the door to either open things or close things. And this is going to be a year, as we see in the scripture, that God will set open doors before you, before us. Understand, this is going to be a year where God is going to set open doors, meaning God is, this is going to be a year where God is going to give you an advantage. God is going to give you an opportunity to do something. Don't waste the opportunity. Sometimes how you handle the opportunity the first time 
will be the determining factor whether or not the opportunity is presented to you again. So again, open your mouth. This is year to open your mouth wide like a door and speak the word of God. Amen. So let the word of God. I know we oftentimes say keep the word in your ear. Yeah, keep the word in your ear. But let the word be in your mouth. Let it be spoken out of your mouth in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. And please make sure to visit us at churchatphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social. To like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchaphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.